older in the church have heard it before and still don't know what it is. Praise God. And uh, don't know whether you agree with it or disagree with it, and that's the reason you don't know whether you agree or disagree is because you really don't know what it is. Praise God. I'm going to start in Acts, the second chapter tonight. That's a chapter we all we all to understand. Are you turning me down? Are you turning me down? Okay, praise God. Maybe it's just my ears going off and on. All right, the book of Acts, the second chapter. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the what? Holy what? Holy what? And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's pray and ask the Lord to minister to us tonight. It's this thing. Praise Jesus. How it would be good that you would take notes on some of the things I'm fixing to say tonight. You may be seated. And if you don't have a way to take notes, you ought to get this tape that Brother Carriker is taping tonight. And you ought to listen to it until you fully understand what it is telling you. Now, the only way to ever fully understand is to study the Word of God. The Bible said to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. The only way to do that is to know the Word of God. I love good carpentry. I love it. You can tell when a man knows his business. I was showing Brother Gary some things on the scales the other day. But I said, now when you go to build cabinets, you can't do that. Because when you go to build cabinets, you got to allow for the saw blade. Because when you put the thing together... It is a master fit. There's no filling in. or It either fits together or it don't. Praise God. Is that right, Brother Luis? It goes together right, right? There's no... And if you're going to plane it, you don't even allow for the saw blade. You allow for the saw blade and you allow for whatever you're going to plane off. Praise God, because when it goes together, all you're allowed is a hairline crack. People don't want their cabinets with saw blade marks in them. Praise God. Hallelujah. They want them beautiful. Absolutely a perfect fit. And there's nothing as good as a man that knows what he's doing. Praise God. 
I like to watch women who know what they're doing. Sewing, to me, is a beautiful art that is getting away from women. Women are so lazy they can't even fix their hair. I walked in the store the other day and I said, oh, they got a new guy working here. And Connie turned around and jumped all over me. She said, what'd you say? I said, oh, hi, Connie. I said, with your hair all butched off like that, I thought they had a new man here. She started in there, her hair had split ends and all that. I said, don't tell me all that junk, Connie. I don't want to hear it. She said, what do you mean you don't want to hear it? I said, you're just lazy. You didn't want to fix your hair. Praise God. Women don't know how to sew anymore. They think sewing's a crime and a dirty thing to do. But sewing's not. Sewing is beautiful if you know what you're doing. Praise God. Praise God. It's a beautiful art that's getting away from far too many people. Amen. Hallelujah. And I like to watch a woman that knows what she's doing. You, you people go down there to the mall and buy a beautiful dress not knowing that somebody had enough brains to sit there and think that up in their head and then make it. Say, well, I don't have that. No, and you ain't never going to get it either because you don't want it. You're too lazy. Whew. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, we don't have time. Oh, that's a cop-out. You got time for whatever you want time for. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Now, that's not what I came to teach and preach tonight. But I want you to know that the Word of God is an intricate thing that goes together beautiful. And God is a master. God is a master. And he put his word together really beautiful. Praise God. But there are those today who will disassemble his word. And they will try to take his beauty and his master plan and make it as though it is something that is just... Uh, kind of a of a an unskilled method or an unskilled piece of uh, property. Praise God. Amen. Now <clears throat> I want you to know that the Holy Ghost and the Holy Spirit are not synonymous. <laughs> I already got some of you going. Last Thursday night, Brother Louise gave me an article written by somebody, I don't know who they wrote it, and told me to go home and read it. And I went home and read that thing, and finally I looked at that thing and I said, This is a piece of junk. Praise God. There are people writing things today, 
And if you're not careful, you will read what they write and just swallow it hook, line, and sinker without ever studying it out to see what it is. Amen. Now, first of all, let me say this. There are people who are quoting the Greek today. And the whole truth of the matter is, is not any of us today know enough about Greek to order a hot dog in Greece. Now, somebody said, well, Englishman, and I listen. I've got some friends that are probably Greek students that if you listened to them, you would think they were Greek scholars. If I brought Marvin Treese in here, you'd think that he was a Greek scholar, and he's just really a student. He can read this Bible and start in verse by verse and give you the Greek translation of verse by verse. Me, (laughs) I have to look up every word in the Greek lexicon. But the whole truth of the matter is, as good as Brother Marvin Tree says, he still can't order a hot dog in Greece. What are you saying, Brother Elder? We are solely going off of what somebody else says. So why don't you believe what somebody else says? It's according. Did they twist it up? Or did they really say it like it is? Now there are a lot of folks today who are twisting the Greek up. And a lot of folks, you know, we, I don't care what you say, we like for our ego to be stirred up. Now we do. I said we. You know, when I said we, that got me in there. We like for we like to hear somebody that has a very good oratory vernacular. You know, that can very well express himself. I like watching Spanish people because they talk with their hands. Praise God. Did you ever notice preachers? They talk with their hands. Hallelujah. Amen. Why do you like Spanish people talking with their hands, Brother Elder? They're expressive. A very good teacher or preacher will be very expressive. Praise God. Talk with their hands. We like that. We like somebody who knows what they're talking about. And we really like it when they know what they're talking about, whether we know whether they know what they're talking about or not. He said, boy, that's really a mouthful, Brother Elder. That really got me confused. I'm simply here to tell you that sometimes we say they know what they're talking about. And we don't even know whether they know whether they know what they're talking about or not. We just took it that they knew what they was talking about. Hello. So how do you know? You check them out. I like what I've seen today. That's why I like to put men driving uh, church vehicles. 
I had Brother Don drive the church van this morning. And what he did, he pulled into the gas station. Now, if you put a woman in there, you know what she's going to do? She's going to pull into the gas station. She's going to open up the gas tank and fill up the gas tank and pay the people and drive off. But without me saying a word, Brother Don pulled up the hood, checked the water and the gas. I was watching Brother, Brother Grubbs tonight. I didn't tell him he could drive. He just took the authority to drive, which was fine with me. I like that. And I watched him when he went over to the store tonight. When he got gas, he pulled up the hood and he checked the oil and the water. There are some of us folks that are not going to take your word for it. We're going to find out. Now, I've seen folks say, oh, there's plenty of oil in that motor. And they get 15 miles out of town and the thing won't run no more. And the tires are squealing, you know. And, it's the, and they pull it up and the motor's froze up and the blocks blowed. And they say, well, I thought there was oil in there. Hallelujah. You know, some folks just know that other folks know what they're talking about. But if you really want to know whether they know what they're talking about or not, check them out and find out. Praise God. Amen. Now, the reason why the Christian world is not saying Holy Ghost, but saying Holy Spirit are you listening to me? I hear some other folks out there talking. I don't know whether they're listening to me or they're gumming it. The Holy Spirit, they preach on the Holy Spirit because they don't believe in speaking in tongues. Neither do they want to talk in tongues. Neither do they want to believe in speaking in tongues. Now, you say, well, when they speak about the Holy Spirit, is that talking about tongues? No. And they know it isn't. That's why they use that term. Now, I want you to read the second chapter of Acts. It said, and when they were all filled with the what? Did it say Holy Spirit? It said Holy Ghost, right? Said, but it says Spirit in the same verse, Brother Elder. Uh-huh. That's what they use too. They use the same thing. They jump down there where it says Spirit instead of Ghost. But you better pay attention. And when they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What was the Spirit that gave them utterance? What was the Spirit? It was the Spirit of Christ. The Spirit of Christ was the ghost. 
Now, just let me give you a little dissertation here before I get going too far. Turn to, they always go to 1 Corinthians 14th chapter to show you're not supposed to speak in tongues. And they're so smart, they say, I'd rather speak five words in English than I would a thousand tongues. Well, the reason why is they hate the Holy Ghost. They don't want to speak any words in tongues. They don't intend to. They intend to use the word Holy Spirit so they can cop out and get around it. Let me tell you something. They're not going to get around it. They're going to face the God that said they had to be born of the Holy Ghost. They're not going to get around it. Now, first of all, in 1 Corinthians 14, chapter, the second verse, I want you to read it. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto man, but to who? To who? Now, do you think that if you speak in an unknown tongue and you talk to God, that this 14th chapter is going to tell you not to talk to God? Do you? I'd like to debate that bunch openly, but they won't debate me. They won't let. I had a Church of Christ preacher say, "Yeah, why, why don't you let me teach in your church three nights? I said, I'll tell you what. I'll let you teach in my church three nights if you'll let me teach in yours three nights. He said, there ain't no way. I said, you ain't bothering us. I said, you ain't getting nothing. Uh, brother, brother Don Smith, he's telling me about, uh, oh, that Church of Christ guy. What was his name? Lamb somebody. Yeah, Brother Don Spencer, he's telling me about him today. He works with him out the salt company. He says, Tim Lamb, that's him, Tim Lamb. He said, do you know Tim Lamb, Brother Elder? I started laughing. I said, sure, I know Tim Lamb. I said, he's such a Bible scholar. You know what? He said, what? I said, when I was in the old wooden church over on 4th Street, I turned my Sunday school teachers loose on him. I said, Tim Lamb, you know so much about the Bible, I ain't even going to discuss it with you. I'll just let my Sunday school teachers take care of you. And Sister Sharon Morey and brother, brother Peter and Sister Peter, Boy, they tore his plow up. You was a young babe in the Lord then, wasn't you? Mom Elder. Whoo, they tore his plow up. And I started laughing. I said, you ain't even worth messing with. You can't even get the Sunday school teachers messed up. He ran out the door hollering at me. The Bible said for a woman to be quiet in church. I said, you know why you want these women to be quiet? I said, they're mauling you. You don't know nothing. Praise God. I'd like to go to their church and teach one. These chicken Baptists in this town, get me a date to go and teach in their church. If you can, I'll buy you the biggest steak and give you $35 on top of it. (laughs) 
I ain't worried. I'll go home, go to sleep tonight, and never worry about steak or money, either one. They ain't going to let me teach this in church. They let me teach this in their church. I blow their church so far. If they let me teach in their church two nights, I'd have that bunch so rattled up that preacher couldn't get them back together again the rest of his life. Why, we went out there and debated one church of Christ and they got rid of the pastor. Told him, you don't know as much as he do. We need somebody who knows more. Hallelujah. It ain't that we know so much. It's just that it's the good old word of God, you know. You know, the Apostle Paul, he wasn't confused when he wrote the 14th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Some folks think that the Apostle Paul was a nitwit. You know, he starts off writing the chapter with, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue talketh not to men but to God. And then he turns around and tells them all, Don't speak in tongues. In other words, he's an apostle of Jesus Christ, but he's telling all of them, Don't talk to him. I'm not that stupid. I'm not about to swallow that garbage. Hello? 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 I'm not that stupid. Now, you know, let's just look down here. Uh, Let's just look just through a few verses here uh, in the 14th chapter. Uh, look, Look at verse 18. He said, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Do you understand that when Paul said this, there are somewhere between 50 and 70,000 people in that church. And he said, I talk in tongues more than all of you. Now, either that bunch didn't talk in tongues much or else Paul spent lots of time speaking in tongues. And if they talked in tongues anything like we do around here, old Paul was really talking in tongues because I can't even imagine talking in tongues more than 50,000 people do. I mean, that'd be like the whole city of Hutchison being uh, before God today talking in tongues. And old Paul gets up and said, I talked in tongues more than all of you today. Some folks say, well, I don't believe that. Well, you know. It's the Bible. It's the Bible. You don't believe the Bible? Well, that's hard. I don't care how hard it is. You better start believing it. Now, when you get to verse 22, verse 22, boy, I, I, that right there is where I give them the uppercut. Man, I hit them so hard with verse 22. That's the KO right there. Verse 22 said, Wherefore tongues are not to assigned to them that believe. Tongues aren't assigned to us. I speak in tongues. And I had a guy meet me out there today, praise God, in his short shorts with his skirt down to here, barbecuing right next to us. And he let me know, bless God, he's my brother in Jesus Christ. He speaks in tongues too. I said, oh, huh. well, Hi. <laughs> Praise God. 
If he'd had a feather sticking out of his head, I'd have called him Tano. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Wherefore, tongues are assigned to them that believe. Do I have to prove to you that speaking in tongues is all right? Shouldn't have to. If you've spoken in tongues, you ought to know it's all right. If you spoke in tongues, you ought to know the joy of it. Should I have to prove to you that speaking in tongues is okay? No, not to, not to somebody that spoke in tongues because somebody that spoke in tongues is a believer. So then who is tongues for? That's what the Bible says. But to them that believe not. So, fellow, when you tell me that you don't believe in speaking in tongues, I know you're an unbeliever instead of a believer. Now, that's what the 14th chapter of 1 Corinthians said. It didn't say not to speak with tongues. It said if you don't speak with tongues, then you're an unbeliever. Hello? Well... I love to take him to the 39th verse because they're standing there vehemently telling me you don't have to speak in tongues. And you, and they're just really putting it on me. And, and, I, and you know what? I won't never say nothing till they do because I want them to. I love to hang people with a fresh new rope. <laughs> yeah, they're putting it around my neck, but I just take it off of my neck and put it over theirs, and I say, "Here, this belongs to you." Now you read that thirty-ninth verse with me. But wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy, and forbid not to speak with tongues. If you tell somebody not to speak. In tongues, you directly disobeyed the Bible. Now, don't tell me the 14th chapter tells me not to speak with tongues with that verse in there. Hello? Hello? So the reason why they are using the word Holy Spirit. You say, why do you say it like that, Brother Elder? That's the way they say it. Did you ever notice how they say it? The Holy Spirit. I don't know who they got the rat from, but. But that is the way they say it. The Holy Spirit. I guess that makes it more spiritual. Listen to them on the radio sometime as they talk about the Spirit. Some of you folks, I don't know where you're at tonight, but you better get in church. You couldn't debate a telephone pole. 
Praise God. Now, you know it's a strange thing that Church of Christ don't come to my house to talk to me. Huh? Is that right? I wonder why the Mormons just pedal right on by. I sometimes open the door and holler for them. Hey, come in here. And they act like they don't even hear me. Just keep on pedaling down the road. Them Jehovah Witnesses won't even come to my house. They'll pack their suitcase right on down the road. <laughs> I'm not as bad as one that fella I heard, you know. That old fella had seen this woman coming up the road with her suitcase in her hand. He, he said, as a Jehovah Witness, you know. So he ran in the house, and he got the American flag out, and he draped it over the couch. And she walked up, knocked on the door, and he hollered, hey, come on in here. And she walked in. He said, the first thing we're going to do is the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. And they stood there, and they did the Pledge of Allegiance to the flag. And he turned around and looked at her and smiled real big, said, how'd you like that? She said, well, it's okay, but it's the first time in 30 years of selling Avon I ever had to do that. Praise God. <laughs> Can't always tell by a suitcase, you know. Hallelujah. Now let's turn to St. John 4 and 24. I can quote it. We all ought to be able to quote it. It's when Jesus was at the well talking to the woman and she was bringing up her tradition like all folks do. And Jesus looked at her and said, The hour cometh and now is when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. Then in the 24th verse he said, God is a spirit. God is a spirit. God is a spirit. God is a spirit. God is. Now. Somebody said, well, what's the difference between God and Jesus? Jesus is the son of God. Somebody said, but he's God too, Brother Elder. That's right. But as the flesh, he's the son of God. He's the man. He's the man that died. God didn't die. God never will die. God can't die. It's impossible for God to die. You can't kill God. Some Harvard professor thought he did. In the late 60s, a Harvard professor said, God's dead. Well, a whole lot of us folks said, if he died, where is his death certificate and who certified it? And that song brother, uh, Carriker likes to get you all to sing all the time, and I like singing it too. 
God's not dead, he's still alive. That's when that song was born in the late 60s. God's not dead, he's still alive. He's living in my soul, he's jumping in my feet, he's hollering out my head, you know, and all these things. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. We did it just to let that Harvard professor know we didn't believe his lie. He couldn't prove God was dead. He had no authenticity record of any kind to prove that God's dead. However, they didn't pay attention to us, and the new age was born. Hmm. You got anything to do with that new age music or that new age thing? It's a religion, and it's a religion of the Antichrist, if you want to know the truth about it. The new age is the most damnable thing that's come along in centuries. Well, we told you that about human secularism and a whole bunch of you swallowed up and thousands of Pentecostals have lost out with God in the last five years over human secularism. Well, I'll tell you something. New age will take you worse than that. You'll go straight off into demonicism. Sit there and play that star music. I listen to that star music called the New Age music. Man, that stuff's damnable stuff. It's got spirits in it to get a hold of you. Oh, that's relaxing, Brother Elder. Uh-huh. You think relaxing when them things start crying out in you. It's born by atheists. Pure atheists. I wish to God you seen what I seen and knew what I knew. But I'm telling you the kingdom of the beast is alive and well tonight. Praise God. Now God is a spirit. And you cannot put a spirit in any one form. A spirit can be absolutely invisible or visible. <laughs> That's right. In the Old Testament, there is the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord appeared unto Abraham. Is that what the Bible said? The angel of the Lord appeared unto one patriarch after another, Manasseh, Manoah, Samson's father and mother. Hello. Say, well... It doesn't all, no, the Spirit of the Lord can come however it wants to. When it came to Moses, it did not come to Moses as a human being. Turn to Exodus, uh, third chapter. I'll show you what Moses saw. You know, a lot of folks think that... Um, uh, Adam and Eve saw the Lord in the garden. There is not one verse in the Bible to back that up. Not one. The Bible said they heard the voice of the Lord. There is a lot of difference between hearing the voice of the Lord and seeing the Lord. Didn't get one amen, but it's the truth anyhow. Exodus 
In the third chapter of Exodus, Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and led the flock to the backside. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a what? Didn't look like a man. Looked like a fire. Hello. Moses was looking at a bush that was green, that was on fire, that wasn't burning up, and the leaves wasn't falling off. <laughs> now, I'll tell you one thing, buddy. If we had a blue spruce out there on fire tonight, and there was nothing on that blue spruce drying up and falling off, That old blue spruce was just sitting there flaming away. Wasn't burning up. Wasn't dying. Wasn't nothing. There'd probably be some wrecks out there on that street. Old boy be driving by and look at that. He said, oh, no, I didn't see that. I'm going around the corner. Be another guy coming around the corner to hit him head on. He was coming to see the same thing. Oh, Moses was walking along. He looked at that. And he said the same thing most of us said. I don't see what I think I see. He looked again. He said, oh, I don't believe it. He looked a few more times. He said, hmm. I'm going over to see how that's doing that. He headed off that direction and a voice started talking to him. All he seen was fire. But he heard a voice talking to him. Because God is a spirit. God is a spirit. You know, Balaam was riding a jackass. He must have been riding Francis the talking mule. Where do you think that television show got that idea anyhow? Huh? <laughs> Balaam has to be one of the most ignorant people in the Bible. Standing there arguing with a talking jackass. I mean to tell you if a donkey started talking to me I'd start paying attention. I said, what's making your tongue work like that, boy? Must be God talking to you, to me. I must be in pitiful shape. You go over there and talk to God while I go over here and repent. But instead of old Balaam repenting, he stood there and argued with the jackass. Yeah, I know a lot of folks know that. <clears throat> what are you talking about? I'm telling you the Spirit of God talked through a jackass to Balaam is what I'm telling you. Hello. Amen. Praise God. The Spirit of God didn't do anything. When Jesus Christ was born, the whole heavens was full of angels Amen. singing. 
Glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth. There wasn't no peace on earth. There's still no peace on earth. But he's the king of peace. Yeah, he sure is. But it ain't peaceful yet, is it? But it's going to be. Them angels didn't sing that song for nothing. Hello? What are you saying? I'm telling you that God's a spirit. Turn to Isaiah. What is it? 66. Somebody turn to Isaiah 66 and read the first verse to me. Praise God. Read. The heaven's my throne. Now, wait a minute. You believe God's a spirit? Huh? Why, sure, God is a spirit. Because if God wasn't a spirit and the heavens was his throne and the earth was his footstool, we'd sure enough be able to see his legs and feet, something that big. <laughs> yeah. Now the third heavens, I have no idea how far away they are, but I know that the sun is 93 million miles away from the earth, and I know that the third heaven has to be far above that because it is far above the stars, which they are, God only knows how many light years away. They was talking about going to Mars on the radio yesterday, and I started laughing. Boy, when they start going to Mars... They got a problem on their hands because they ain't coming back. You know, at 32,000 miles an hour, it takes three years to get there. Boy, that's cruising along pretty good. That's faster than I went to Salina today. I mean, you know, at 32,000 miles an hour, you pass Salina up pretty fast. I was reading where a pilot was diving on a bomb run in in Vietnam and he was only going 1400 miles an hour and he took his eyes off of his instrument to look at the flak coming up at him for one second and it almost cost him his life because he went almost four miles in one second and he almost could not pull his plane out of it. I can't even imagine at 32,000, I mean, you know, at 32,000 miles, we take off in first gear and we say, Whew, there went Salina, Whew, there went Omaha, Nebraska. Whew. Ain't even got in second gear here yet. And it, 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 it takes three years. To get to Mars. Man, they ain't got started getting up there where God's at. I don't know about you, but I'm glad I serve that kind of God tonight. Hallelujah. God is a spirit. God is omnipresent. You know what omnipresent means? He's everywhere. Do you know what David said? He said, if I make my bed in hell, if I make my bed in the heavens, if I make my bed in the depth of the sea, if I make my bed in the rocks of the earth, you can't get away from God. God's spirit is everywhere. But the Holy Ghost ain't like that. 
I said, the Holy Ghost isn't like that. Well, where does the Holy Ghost dwell at? On earth. Why does the Holy Ghost dwell on earth? Because that's where the church is. The church. The Holy Ghost is in the church. But the Spirit of God is anywhere in the universe. Hallelujah. Now, let's make a little play on words, okay? Well, that's what they do to you. They make a little play on words and get your ego stirred up and say, look what I learned, man. Now I'm smart. You know, there is nothing wrong. There is nothing wrong with Learning. But before you learn, make sure you learn. You know, I know two and two makes four. But just about 15 years ago, they told me two and two wasn't four. The only thing I could figure out is some of those folks went to college too long. It was called new math. You know what new math did to students? It came out in the late 60s and early 70s. It absolutely confused them and destroyed their minds. And now we have generations of illiterates on our hands. Yeah, they went right back to the old math because it wasn't new math. It was a new idea that was just stupidity that came out of a classroom. Two and two makes four. Hallelujah. When you're adding up figures, if you don't come up with the correct amount, the bank will let you know. I'm telling you, when you learn something. It was horrible, too. I told some folks last night that Brother Councilman's son-in-law and daughter got killed in a wreck in Cincinnati two weeks ago. And so they went home and called Sister Councilman's daughter, and she says, well, if they're dead, we don't know nothing about it. If they had a wreck, we don't know nothing about it. But I've had five or six preachers tell me, isn't that awful how they died in that wreck? So I'm just kind of loaning to see some of those preachers. <laughs> Praise God. Sometimes we think we know something we don't know. Hello. It's best to know what you think you know. Now, here, 
This article that I read that Brother Luis gave me last week used the Holy Ghost as the Greek word pneuma. Well, Brother Luis just happens to be that in my study is a Greek lexicon where I can look up the Greek words and see what they mean. Now, they use the, you see, you've got to watch men because they'll deceive you and they'll deceive you on purpose. I don't like the Dake Bible. If you buy a Dake Bible and you read its commentary, you're probably going to be all messed up. The Dake Bible absolutely takes the Greek and twists it up on purpose. And they do it because they know they're doing it, but they hate the truth. There are people out there in the Trinity world that are uh, deceiving you on purpose. They're doing it maliciously. Because they don't want to be wrong. Now he said that the word in the Greek pneuma is Holy Spirit all the way. Well, I spent about an hour tonight, maybe more, looking up the word Holy Spirit. How many of you ever looked up the word Holy Spirit in the Bible? How many times is it in there, Brother Dewey? Huh? Well, you're kidding yourself. I found it two times in the Bible. The actual word, Holy Spirit, in the Bible is in there two times. And it doesn't mean pneuma at all. It's not even translated pneuma. The Holy Spirit in the Bible is translated Hagen. Now, <laughs> boy, this sounds good now, don't it? Ooh, we're getting on this ego kick, getting in that Greek. Boy, I like to get in the Greek, make people think I'm smart. Unless you took me to Greece. <clears throat> then I'd be in trouble because they'd know the truth over there. Now, the word pneuma translated, do you know what it means? Life. Do you know what it means? It means holy breath. Do you know that when Jesus was talking to the, whole, to the disciples, he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Somebody said, that's where they got the Holy Ghost, you liar. The Bible didn't say they received the Holy Ghost. It said, receive you the Holy Ghost. If I walk up and say, you're healed. If I say, receive you healing. Did you get it? No, you don't get it unless you get healing. 
When he said to them, receive you the Holy Ghost, he was giving them an example how the Holy Ghost would come. <sighs> how did it come in the second chapter of Acts? Like a mighty rushing wind. Huh? It was the holy breath of Jesus Christ. It was life. You ain't living unless you've received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I preach a sermon once in a while. Not too often, but every once in a while. Walking dead men. Breathing, living, hearing, seeing, smelling, but they're dead. You're not alive until you've received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Have received the Holy Breath. Now, I looked up Webster's and it said that ghost is a disembodied person. Jesus said, everybody look at St. John 14 and 20 right now. Everybody look at St. John 14 and 20, huh? What's St. John 14 and 20 say? Somebody read it to me. Jesus said, in that day, ye shall know that the Father is in me. That I am in the Father. And the Father is in me. And I am in you. In that day. What day was he talking about? The day you received the Holy Ghost. Which was the day of Pentecost. How many of you are still with me? Amen. Huh? In that day you shall know that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, and I in you, and you in me. And what? What are you saying? You gotta know that life has come. You gotta know that I have breathed in you, and that I'm living in you, and that I'm walking in you, and that I'm talking in you. In that day you're gonna know it. What are you saying, brother? I'm telling you that the disembodied person is coming in me. Webster said that the ghost is the spirit of the deceased one. Read Colossians 1.27. Get Colossians 1.27 and read. Hallelujah. Praise God. You see, there is a difference between the Holy Spirit. The holy prophets of old spake. Spake. Where'd you get that, Brother Elder? Second Peter 1 and 21. The holy prophets of old spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Moved by the Holy Ghost. Moved by the Spirit of God. But they did not prophesy with the Holy Ghost. But the New Testament prophets prophesied with the Holy Ghost. Paul said, come out of her, you devil. You don't find no prophet in the old saying, come out, devil. He don't have the power to say, come out, devil. 
He only wrote as he was moved by the Holy Ghost. There are some marvelous things in there. I might get on this hag in here in a few minutes. I'm on Numa right now. Hallelujah. The, the spirit of the deceased one. Praise God. Life. Praise God. Colossians 1.27. Read it. To whom God. I'm in Colossians 1.27. To whom God will make known what? What is the riches of the glory of this mystery? Among the Gentiles, among us. God's going to make you know the mystery among the Gentiles. What, what is the mystery among the Gentiles? This is something, buddy. This mystery among the Gentiles is really something. What is it? Which is Jesus Christ. In us. In you. That's the Holy Ghost. That's the spirit of the deceased one. That's life. That's the holy breath. That's been breathed into you. Now that's different than the spirit of God. The spirit of God moves on sinners to come to church to get saved. That's not the Holy Ghost. That's God wooing men unto the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you something. A Holy Spirit of God talks to sinners. If it didn't, you and I would never got saved. But I'm going to tell you something. You didn't have no power when the Holy Spirit of God talked to you. You know why? Because in Acts 1 8 said, Ye shall receive power after that, the Holy Ghost. After what? The spirit of the deceased one has come in. Amen. You don't have no power without Jesus Christ in here. Amen. Now you know what the you know what the evidence of Jesus Christ is in you? Speaking in tongues. You know. Uh, we can't live a man. You know what people are trying to do and call themselves Christians today? They're trying to mentally accent to. You know what mentally accent means? Mentally accent means to accept something that isn't. Oh, I don't care whether it's good, bad, or what. It's real. You need to study what mental accepting is. That's right. Well, all kind of people mentally accept things they ought not to ever accept. That's right. Yeah, that's how you go crazy. You mentally accept the things. That's right. Amen. Now, I can say I'm rich. But I'm going to tell you one thing. I better watch how I write in that thing. You know, I was writing away in this thing about four or five weeks ago. My wife says, uh, there's a piece of paper in there I think you need to read. said, if you keep writing them little things, each one's going to cost you $25. You're overdrawn at the bank. I can walk around and say, ah, don't worry about it. I'm rich. 
I just write these things. I'm going to tell you one thing. One of those little cars with a blue stripe on it's coming to see me. Yeah, I can mentally accept I'm rich. <laughs> you know. But I ain't. There's a lot of folks that's mentally accepting and accenting to they're saved. But they're not. They're not na- their name's not written down in the land's book of life. Jesus Christ don't know them at all. And they're on their way to hell. They're just as lost as they can be. But they're headed to prison and don't even know it. I'm telling you, hell's the worst prison you'll ever get locked up in. And what Jesus said, he said, take heed that you deceive not yourself. That you don't deceive yourself. There's all kind of folks running around telling you you don't have to speak in tongues. You know what you can do? You can listen to them people or you can listen to the Lamb's book of life. I will tell you one thing you better do. You better pay attention to this book. And you better forget all your friends, your mama, your daddy, your boss, and everything else. And you better get in the book and get with it. Because I'm telling you, your mom and daddy ain't getting you out of that. You know, the funny thing is these kids think their mom and dad can get them out of everything. That rich boy, he grew up rich. I feel sorry for that kid. His daddy's a trial lawyer. He's watched his dad get crooks out of everything for every year. Went out and killed five or six people. And he thinks his dad and some trial lawyer is going to get him out of that. I'm going to tell you what. He better hope to God that they get him in Texas or New Mexico or Kansas. Because if Oklahoma gets that dude, he's going to be swinging where the little birdie sings. all them yellow ribbons on the trees you know the green green grass at home his daddy ain't getting him out of that and a bunch of lawyers ain't getting him out of that you can mentally accept to things and accent to things and think you just do anything get out of them get by with it I want here to tell you what when you meet God it's going to be worse than any judge you ever seen on this country it's going to be worse than any judge you ever seen sitting on a bench. I'll tell you that when you meet God. I read to a man the other night that when, when the heavens and the earth seen him, they fled out of his presence. My God, if the heavens and the earth get on the move, what do you think you're going to do? Huh? When I see God, I hear people say, when I see God, I'm... Hey, you stupid, I don't even want to talk to you. I tell you what, Nebuchadnezzar and Belshazzar did when they seen God. Their knees shook so bad they couldn't even keep them tied together. Said their loins was loose. You know what that means? Their hips jumped out of joint. What are you going to do when you see God, big boy? Big girl? (laughs) I tell you what you're going to do. You're going to shake and quake like you ain't never shook. That's the reason why I done made peace with God. Got to speak in tongues, be saved. Okay, okay. Just pray me through, bless God. Got to be baptized, Jesus, be saved. That's fine with me. Dunk me down. 
Hallelujah. Wash them sins away. I need to get rid of them. Hello? How many of you want to be saved? Man, you go to asking God to speak in tongues, you'll speak in tongues. Because He wants you to speak in tongues. Did you hear what I said? If you ask God to speak in tongues, you'll speak in tongues. Because God wants you to speak in tongues. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue talketh to God, not to man. You want to talk to God? Then still tell God, hey God, I want to talk like you want me to talk to you. So I'll get down and I'll pray. I'll talk in English. You're proud of it, ain't you? You know why you're proud of it? You can understand what you're talking about. But you ain't getting where you want to. Well, you're one of them. I see her once in a while and says, don't do me any good to pray. <laughs> you know why it ain't doing you much good? You've listened to yourself for so long you got tired of it. You start talking in tongues, you'd be talking to God. My spirit would take over. And something had happened. Boy, some of you looked at me. If stairs would kill, I'd drop dead. Well, it's the truth anyhow. Now I'm going to just get on this just for a second and then close. Holy Spirit, Hagen, found in 1 Thessalonians 4 and 7. You wouldn't like for me to preach on this anyhow. I'm going to start in verse 7 so you can figure out what Hagen means. I found the Holy Spirit twice in the Bible, and I'm not saying that's all it's in there. I saw, I saw, I found it. But I know one thing everywhere I found it, it means Hagen. It don't mean Numa. Now listen to this. Verse 7 For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto what? Under what? Under what? He therefore that despises, despises not man, but God, who hath given unto us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. You know what the Holy Spirit is? Hagen translated means made holy. Hagen Translated means a separated people. Hagen translated means to take on the heavenly. So what Paul is saying to the Thessalonian church, for God has not called us to uncleanness, but unto holiness. He therefore that despises, despises not man, but the heavenly, who also God, who also given unto a separated life or made holy or taken on as a heavenly creature. We don't understand that when we get the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we are made like unto heavenly creatures, like unto angels, like unto holy people, holiness. Now when you get to this word, Holy Spirit, here, you're getting into divine nature. A separated people who have separated themselves from all of Babylon and the uncleanness of the world. 
Hmm. Hmm. I like to get in a debate with this bunch now. You think I wouldn't go working on their plow now? You see why some of you are already ducking your heads. And you're supposed to be the holy people. I'm ducking my head. I mean, you know, if there's something I need to get straightened out between me and God, I'm going get, to get, get it straightened out. I've had people sit in here and look at me and sneer while I preach for 20-some years, and I'll guarantee you I'd like for some of them to come back from the dead and talk to you tonight. I bet you they wouldn't be sneering. I told a boy today, I said, you know, a bunch of these damnable witches that are nothing but sociologists and psychiatrists and all that stuff are telling these people dying of AIDS, don't worry, you're, you know, you've made peace with yourself and you've made peace with God and you, you know, and uh, you can die with honor and you can, and, and the homosexual dies of AIDS and said if he had to do it over again, he'd be a homosexual again and he's dying, dying with honor and dying with peace with God. I said, I'd like for that dude, after he'd been in hell five minutes, come back and see that psychiatrist. I bet you one thing, that psychiatrist wouldn't be lying to nobody else. wicked and a perverted generation is the kind of people it's going to be when Jesus Christ comes and that's just exactly what we got on our hands right now wicked and a perverted generation you go down there and you give your girl a good spanking with your hands on her backside and they'll take you away from her call it child abuse and you go over there in that mall and lay her back and let them stab a hole in her ear and they say oh that's okay that don't hurt there's nothing wrong with that that ain't child abuse. A wicked and a perverted people. They don't want you to make nothing good. They want you to make everything evil. If it's for evil, it's all right. If it's for good, it's no good. They're perverted. Absolutely perverted. God hates these people. You people better wake up and find out this stuff you think's all right or might not be nothing wrong with it. God hates it. You get involved with it, He's going to hate you. He's coming to destroy it. He's looking for a holy people. That separated themselves. I like to see holy women running around in here with hair on. Got ears that's been pierced. Ain't had no earrings in them for two or three years. Somebody said, if you don't put earrings in them, it'll grow back together again. That'd be all right. Hallelujah. Well, that's another lie, isn't it? so you'll keep that junk in your ear. Just be glad that the Lord got you out of the African jungle. 
Amen. You laugh all you want to. I seen a woman that had a jewel right there and one right there. Right through her, the side of her nose. These stupid men running around with things stabbed all around. Hey, somebody said, well, what's the men wearing them for? Well, if you ever look over there in the jungles, them dudes got big things are hanging down out of their ears with a... Bunch of heathens! We're going to educate her. No, we ain't educating nothing. They're educating us. You know what it is? I'll tell you what it is, and you folks think I'm crazy. I don't care what you think about me. It's a bunch of devilly spirits taking over people, and you think, oh, I wonder what's happening. Don't get me started on them Catholics. I'm about fed up with them Catholics. And I'm not going to start preaching against the Catholic Church and making a big kadoo. But I'm telling you what, I'm going to tell them Catholics every time I see one where they can, every time they mess with me. I'm fed up with them messing with me. They think they, you know, they run over some of you people like, like you ain't nothing and you ain't. That's why they run over. They know, but they wrote me a letter today, and I gotta bring in all my paperwork and let them know what I make and show them all that stuff and all that stuff. And you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna get on the phone tomorrow, and I'm gonna tell them, you know what you can do with that paperwork? You can take that paperwork to the bathroom with you if you want to. But I'm gonna tell you one thing: you mess with me one time, you're gonna be down in Reno County Courthouse, and you're gonna pay my bill. I'm tired of them Catholics trying to mess with me. I'm going to show them they ain't nobody. Amen. Hallelujah. You let them run over you if you want to. They ain't running over me. Somebody said, well, we're Christians. We didn't go ahead and be a... There's a lot of difference between Christian and a moron. Hallelujah. Amen. Bless God, I might be a Christian, but I'm not no moron. Hallelujah. Amen. And people push you around. You let them, but they ain't pushing me around. Hallelujah. That's not what I come to preach, but that's the way it is. Holy Spirit. Separated people. I'm separated from them. A fellow looked at me and said, I'm your brother. I said, you ain't my brother. He said, I ain't your brother. I thought you was a Christian. I said, I am a Christian. I'm a real one. Well, if you're a Christian, you're my brother. No, you ain't my brother. How's come I ain't your brother? Because you ain't baptized in Jesus' name. You ain't even repented of your nasty sins. You're still acting like a devil. You ain't no Christian, and you ain't my brother. Hallelujah. Where I'm going at, they don't act like you. Ain't going to be no beer cans up there. Ain't going to be no cigarette trays up there. (laughs) 
If you can't do without your television, you're in trouble. Because there ain't going to have one channel up there. You know what's going to be the main thing up there? He's the light of that city. He's the main thing. Everything channeled up there is going to be on him. And if you get sick and tired of him and you got to run to channel three, you ain't going to make it because there ain't no channel two or three. I'm feeling better by the second. You better hope I quit. Hallelujah. I'm almost to feel fresh after feeling wore out. Hallelujah. Praise God. Holiness. You go talking about the Holy Spirit, you're talking about divine, separated, holy people. Whew. Talking about the Holy Spirit, you know what you're talking about? You're talking about something that says, Moses! Hold out your rod. When he does, my God, I, it, it won't calculate my brain. 50 billion gallons of water goes. <laughs> Buddy, try this one out. Try this one out. Guy comes up to the pastor and says, Hey, pastor, I borrowed an axe. It was just borrowed. And while I was cutting wood for you, the head flew off in the creek. Did you ever find a piece of iron in the creek? That's easy, isn't it? Especially in these muddy creeks in Kansas, you know, where the mud's only 10 inches deep. So you know what the pastor does? He goes over there and he breaks off a willow an old green tree, you know, goes over there and throws it in the water. And the steel axe head floats up the top of the water. And he says, there it is. You go talking about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> You're talking a whole lot more than just talking in tongues, honey. You're getting into something for real now. Something in the move. Billions of gallons of water, something that'll make iron swim in a river. You better believe it. Make angels stand there by the millions. Holy, holy, Lord God Almighty, holy, holy, that which was and is and is to come. Holy, holy, my God makes chill bumps run all up and down my back, makes my hair nearly stand up on ends. When you go talk about the Holy Spirit, <laughs> hey amen, you're talking about power, 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 power. You're not talking about somebody talking in tongues now. You're talking about somebody talking in tongues when you're talking about the spirit of the deceased one, the Holy Ghost. My God, you go talking about the Holy Spirit. You can move mountains. You can move. Oh. March around great big walled cities and the walls just slide down the ground. So there's 36,000 people over there against you, Pastor. 
Pastor says, well, I better run in there and fall on the altar and pray. God said, get up and go outside and see what I'm going to do. Old Moses gets up and he runs outside of his door of the tabernacle and he looks over there and the earth opens up and swallows 36,000 people. And old Moses looks around and says, well, I won't have to worry about them folks anymore. It's going to be better at the next board meeting. Hallelujah. Praise God. What are you talking about? The Holy Spirit. Praise God. The power of God. The power that rules the universe. Son, have you ever been somewhere in this world? I flew over the Rocky Mountains in those jet airplanes and looked down at those mountains. Majestic things, man. They, they look beautiful from the air or from the ground, either one. I flew across the Atlantic Ocean. I've seen those clouds. My, my, my. I look up there and I say, and here I am flying on an airplane. You know, feel really important. You know, big me, you know. That's the wrong time to get big, buddy. I walked in the grocery store this morning. A guy looked at me and said, why don't you pray for me, preacher? I said, oh, really? I didn't know you believed in prayer. He said, my daughter's on a jet airplane landing into Denver. The engine just blew up on it. He said, I don't know whether they're going to get her on the ground or not. When you're flying on an airplane, ain't no use feeling big. (laughs) Some things. I was asleep on a jet airplane one night, and I woke up. My wife was talking in tongues. I said, what's happened, honey? She said, oh, you don't know what you slept through. I was thinking, well, praise God. I'm glad I slept through it anyhow. (laughs) Pilot tried to land in a bad sandstorm in the desert in Jordan. Couldn't make it. Praise God. An airplane ain't a good place to feel big. But boy, it's something. You look out there and see all that stuff. And then I cut to looking at that. And you know, I ain't never seen it all. I've never seen it all. I'd love to see Alaska. The last place on earth they say that's still gorgeous. As you know, I got to looking at that. And the scripture hit me. You ain't nothing but a drop in a bucket. And I'm going to close. Some of you don't worry. We ain't going to preach all night. As you know what blows my mind is the Spirit of God moved on the deep. And God said, boom. Most gorgeous mountains you've ever seen in your life. Fabulous sunsets. Glorious sunrises. You ought to see the sun coming up over the ocean where there is no land. You ain't kidding, it's beautiful. My God. Artists have tried for millions. Well, I guess according to St. Scientists for 250 billion years they've been trying to paint that.
Some of you looking at me awful funny out there. Say, well, brother, what do you believe? Probably 10,000 years be more like it. Hallelujah. Quiet in here, isn't it? Spirit of God moved. Still have never discovered the depths of the ocean yet. Still are trying to capture some peaks in the world. Do you know we really think that there's a lot of people in this country? Do you know that a man told me not too long ago that there's over two-thirds of the state of Idaho that a white man's never put his foot on yet? Did you know that in the state of Maine, it's the most gorgeous state in the United States, people don't even know that, that there's not enough white people that's ever seen it or lived in it that the government almost gave it back to the Indians four or five years ago. It's the last place in this country, in the United States proper, right here on the land, that you can still hunt moose and bear and everything else that's never been touched. Up there in the most populous part of the country. God done it with just one swipe with the brush, he said, and let there be. Wow. When the Spirit of God moved. Let me ask you something. Do you believe there's a difference between the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God tonight? Hmm? I'm telling you what, the Spirit of God, the Holy Ghost is just a little old piece of the Spirit of God dwelling in you. A little old sliver of it. Where's the rest of it? You couldn't contain it. I couldn't contain it. Oh, no. We couldn't contain that. Angels don't even know what's going to happen next. Praise God. But I don't mind telling you tonight, I'm sure thankful to God for the Holy Ghost tonight. I just wonder how many of you are thankful to God for the Holy Ghost you got to speak in tongues to have the Holy Ghost. Amen. you got to be baptized with the Holy Ghost, which means you are born again. And there's a lot of folks running around saying, I'm born again. They ain't no more born again. If they're born again, they're born again of hell. They're a born again liar. Come on, I don't want to be no born again liar. I want to be born to the Spirit. How many of you want to be born to the Spirit, the Holy Ghost? Not no born again liar. Hallelujah. I'm not mentally accenting to nothing. I got the goods. And I'm telling you something now. I'm going to close right now. You can stand up. I'm closing right now. I'm going to tell you something. I'm not backing away, honey, with this Holy Ghost talking in tongues stuff. I'm telling you, the more I talk in tongues, the better I feel. And the better I feel, the more I talk in tongues. And the more I talk in tongues, the better I feel. And the better I feel, the more I talk in tongues. You getting the idea of what I'm telling you? Huh? 
Are you getting what I'm telling you? I'm telling you, the more I talk in tongues, the better I feel. And the better I feel, the more I talk in tongues. <laughs> Everybody getting what I'm telling them tonight? Huh? I'm telling you, the more I talk in tongues, the better I feel. And the better I feel, the more I talk in tongues. Why is that, Brother Eller? For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue talketh to God, not to man. And I love talking to God. I love talking to God. Hallelujah. Don't be coming up to me with that Holy Spirit stuff. Praise God. I don't want to hear your Holy Spirit. All it is is nonsense. You're going to talk to me, talk about the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The spirit of the deceased one. The one that gives you life. The one that breathes a holy breath into you. Hallelujah. How many of you are glad he breathed holy breath into you? Let's raise our hands and worship him tonight. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God, we praise you, Lord, for your love and your mercy and the word of God. Thank you, almighty God. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah.